Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm your host, Allison Kilkenny, flying solo, kind of, this fine Saturday afternoon. There is a helicopter hovering over my building, disconcertingly low, almost like they've got the spotlight on somebody and they are um, hunting a man if you will, or a woman, because it's 2020, and women can be hunted as well. Um, And that's equality, hashtag feminism. Hi, everybody. Hello. Uh, Happy Halloween. I wasn't going to record an episode today because, as you all know, for me, Halloween uh, is a spiritual holiday. Uh, To me, this is when Jesus was born. It... um, was not on Christmas, question mark, lapsed Catholic, reporting for duty. Um, He was born on Halloween, uh, praise his name, and uh, Halloween's very significant for me, even in this weird, weird year. Um, So I figured I would record anyway because commitment to the craft And I did not have any Halloween plans. So that's why you got me on Halloween. Usually you don't got me on Halloween. And man, this Halloween was on a Saturday. You for sure would not have had me. But uh, I figured I'd share some spooky things that have happened to me recently. um, Because it's tis the season. And uh, what else are you fucking going to do? Nothing. You got a lot of nothing going on. I got a lot of nothing. You got a lot of nothing. Uh, and that's where we're at. So, guys, spooky things. Um, I had to sign a bunch of legal papers today. Spooky paperwork. Is that spooky? I don't know. Adulthood. Spooky. So, here's something. Guys, I recently bought some plants. That is a brag. Overt brag. Because I have a new apartment. I was like, you know, it's quarantine times. I'm home all the time. I can take care of life, right? So, and I, you know, I have cats. They're still alive. They've been alive so long. I'm not going to lie. I have Googled how long do cats live because I love them dearly. uh, But when I tell people how old they are, people are like, what? But they still act like kittens. And I'm like, I know. And I'm like, when do cats calm down? And apparently the answer is never. So just a heads up, if you're like, should I get a cat? Here's a follow-up question. If you come to me and you're like, Allison, should I get a cat? I'm going to answer, are you comfortable with um, a quarter of your life being devoted to caring for an animal that does not give a shit about you, will destroy all your property, and at some point will force you to Google cats how long live, question mark. So... If you feel comfortable, if, if the answer to all that was, uh, I'm into it, absolutely get a cat. If you value your possessions, um, if you are um, against cleaning up vomit on a daily basis, maybe don't get a cat, is all I'll say. Um, and yeah, companionship, love, blah, 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 all that stuff. But for each person, it will be ultimately up to the individual. So I moved into a new apartment and I was like, I should get plants because I want to see more green. That's where I was at emotionally during all of this. Um, You know, people were dying everywhere. I live in New York City. And I was like, I need more green and like life in my life. 
So I went to a local nursery, no big deal. I support mom and pop businesses. And I bought, I'll just say it, too many plants. I bought so many plants that, and in hindsight, I realized the very nice lady who helped me pick out all of the pet safe plants that I ultimately purchased was giving me all the clear signs that they would not be delivering it directly to my apartment, but I did not pick up on it. I gave her my address and I was like, oh, weird. I only realized this when I got home. She didn't ask for my apartment number. And she was like, will someone be there to help you? And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll just grab everything. Because I thought I was getting like a seamless delivery that they would bring my apartment because I'm simple. So I was like, oh, that's weird that she was so concerned that I don't have like a lot of muscle power. Um, so it's the day of the delivery. I get the phone call. They're like, we're here. I'm like, great. Oh, I realized she never asked for my apartment. My apartment is. And I tell him and he goes, oh, no, we just do curbside drop off because of course they do because they're giant fucking pots. Oh, I got two big plants, you guys. <laughs> That's just a brag. It's not even a, a no big deal. Two big like palms uh, and like a bag of soil, like heavy stuff. Of course, they're not going to bring it up to my apartment. Uh, duh. Like, I realized it in that moment. I was like, oh, yeah, why did I fucking assume that? And I, so I was like, God, fuck, shit. And I ran downstairs and bless this man who must have seen the panic on my face as he was like handing me plant after plant after plant, bags of soil, pots. He just double parked and helped me carry the stuff into the building because there was a new way I could have like held the door, carried everything. Um, so... A huge, huge shout out to King's Nursery. Um, they're great. Uh, they have such a huge selection of plants and such a nice staff. And they're all great. And we're very COVID safe while I was there. Um, yeah, so they're the best. I highly recommend if you're in Brooklyn and you're looking for plants. Um, and also thank you to the driver who saw the abject panic in my uh, eyes. When I was like, oh, God, I can't adult on my own. And he was like, I'm here to adult with you. Um, that sounded pornographic. It wasn't. He was very professional. Um, so, guys, that's not the spooky part of the story. As scary as it is to be an adult at this time, a single woman in the world, that is all scary. But that's not the scary part of the story. Here's the scary part. I get all my little plants. I pot them all. Is that the term? Um, I put the soil in. I give them their little medicine, their plant medicine. I name them because it seems like that's the first thing people ask. And I think it's a deeply weird question. Slash, I get it. Because human beings name everything and I name everything but I still found it very weird that people, that was like the first thing, like beyond like what kind of plants did you get? People were like, what did you name them? What did you name them? And I was like, oh, oh, Jesus. Okay. I've named them. And I just need you to know, and I'm not going to get into it because I don't think it's very interesting. I named them thoughtfully and everybody is named for a reason. Okay. So they are named as follows. Eddie. Waldorf, Waldorf and Statler. 
Nosferatu. Spike. Dot. Teresa. And Lady. And those are their names. I will not take follow-up questions. I don't want anyone to be like, but why? Those are their names. Now you know their names, okay? And that, those were a lot of names, right? Because I got a fucking lot of plants, all right? Some might say I got too many, but I got them, okay? I don't want to talk about how much it cost. I don't want to talk about anything, okay? I needed it. I needed it for me spiritually. Was it a good financial decision? No, absolutely not. It was very dumb. Am I glad I did it? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I pot them all. I name them. They are my children. I go to bed for the night. Okay. I wake up this next morning to a, there's no, there's no way to dance around it. So I'm just going to say it, you guys. Okay. I woke up to a total fucking massacre because in the middle of the night, one Penny Kilkenny, my little cat, had gone plant by plant and tried to kill them, okay? So she was varying degrees of success on her end, okay? She straight up just went to town on Sattler. And I can hear the questions right now from people listening who are like, are you saying Waldorf and Statler like the, the Muppets? Yes, I am. And the reason I called them that, I said, I, I knew I wouldn't, I said I wouldn't explain myself to you people, but I'll just explain this quickly. They sit on either side of my TV. I have a TV now, you guys. I am a one percenter. Um, and they sit on either side of the TV. And I, I was like, oh, they look like the two little men from the Muppets. I'll call them Waldorf and Statler. Yes, okay. Penny straight up murdered Statler. Statler used to have little purple flowers all over his head. He's very beautiful. And she ate all of them and then immediately threw them up everywhere. Again, these are pet safe plants. Everything's okay. Penny will be fine. Penny is a serial killer, okay, you guys? When you write me a health question about Penny, like, oh, is Penny okay? Oh my God, I hope Penny's okay. You're basically hoping for the... Uh, you're sending well wishes to Hannibal Lecter, okay? Because she ate my plant and she feels no remorse about it. She straight up tried to kill Statler. So I had to repot Statler and apologize profusely to him. And I sprayed his water. What? I sprayed his soil with water. And I gave him little plant medicine droplets. And I said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about my cat. She's evil. She also tried it with Waldorf and not as much success. <sighs> and then Teresa, who is in my bedroom, the big palm. She's just trying to eat her leaf by leaf. And I constantly have to chase Penny out of my room. Penny is now banned from my room overnight. Because I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I hear rattling, frantic rattling. I flip on the lights. Penny's hanging from a, a leaf. I'm like, oh my God, what are you doing? And she's got this crazy look in her eyes. I'm scared. My plants are scared. Penny's scared. She's a murderer. So that's my spooky Halloween story. <laughs> Guys, if soil was blood, this would have looked like the Manson crime scene. 
is what I'm saying. She wrote Helter Skelter on the wall and soil. Who am I living with? Who is this little cat that I've devoted my life to? She's a murderer. If this was a trial, I would ask for death. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I'm mad, but I'm not that mad, you guys. But I am mad. She's trying to kill my plants. I'll keep you updated on if my plants live the week with Penny. I almost said don't send me unsolicited advice about what I should do. But if you have actually good advice, don't be dumb and tell me to get that spray. That doesn't work. Anytime people are like, oh, if you want to get cats to stop biting something, get this bad tasting spray that they hate. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know if my cats have dead taste buds or they just don't care. That shit never works on my cats. None of that shit. None of that. Please. I've heard it a million times. Uh, No, thank you. I know you mean well, but you're the worst. I love you. Uh, Guys, I have a recommendation over at my Patreon, which again, if you're a supporter of mine, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. Stance, I got both your comments. One is a question for Eric that I'll ask him when he's on the show. The other is a recommendation that I'm going to read now. And just a reminder, if you are a supporter of mine at any level over at Patreon, you get to leave questions, comments, concerns, whenever I post for my supporters. And it's a, it's a rolling thing, you guys. You can do it whenever, whenever a question or a comment pops in your head. Feel free to leave them over there. I get an email sent to me when you comment. It's a very efficient way to reach me. So Stance writes, I'm going to wreck the show Trickster. It's an indigenous, supernatural, horror-esque show based on indigenous folklore and references the current political situation in British Columbia, where I live. There are only three episodes up at the moment, but go check it out or binge it in a couple weeks. Anyways, happy Halloween and happy scorpion season. Uh, You don't ever have to ask, are you a Scorpio? They'll just tell you. I said it. Leo's too. Am I right? (laughs) You burnt from a Pisces. Um, Yeah. Thank you for the recommendation. Stance, I don't want to criticize your recommendation. You didn't tell us how to watch it. I'm guessing because it's a Canadian show on Canadian TV. But how can we Americans watch it, Stance? I don't know. Um, no information within this recommendation. But uh, if, you, if, if you're feeling determined and you want a spooky show, it sounds like you should go check out Trickster. Thank you for the recommendation. So, and thank you for the support, Stance. My God, thank you. Because it is the spookiest day of the year today, you guys. And by the way, we have had spooky weather in Brooklyn. We've had fog every morning. That is very cool. And um, like a full-ass gale yesterday, Thursday and Friday, just horrendous weather. I very stupidly went for a long walk yesterday because I got a little bit of OCD and I couldn't turn off my brain. Uh, So I went for a walk in it. Not good. Would not recommend. Zero out of ten. But anyways, guys, because it is very spooky today, I wanted to give some spooky recommendations. Some I'm going to linger on to unpack a little bit. Some I'm going to just blow through and give you some recommendations if you want to watch something spooky tonight. And uh, 
I'll just give a blanket spoiler warning for all of the things I'm about to list. Um, if you're concerned, check out the episode recap or description, if you will, to see if anything uh, listed there is something that you don't want spoiled for you. If you see something and you're like, uh-oh, I don't want that spoiled for me, skip ahead to the music cue when I will be discussing bad news. But don't worry, we end every episode with good news. And uh, I will try to lift your spirits by the end of this episode. But we'll see. And you know, sometimes I have mixed results. Okay. So that's preface, preface, spoiler warning. Here we go. I watched Rebecca so you don't have to. I did it. I took the bullet for everybody. So I will say this, okay? Uh, Army Hammer, congratulations on just being the hottest man alive. We applaud you. You look great in that mustard suit. I don't care what anyone says. Is it a weird color for a suit? Yeah, you pulled it off. Congratulations, sir. Um, so I'm trying to decipher what my notes mean. I wrote Rebecca sick Julie. Oh, oh, I yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, so on the note of a mustard colored suit, I just have to hats off. I'm clapping, but you can't really hear it because I don't want to clap too loudly because I'm holding a microphone. Julian Day is the costume designer on Rebecca, and I think she fucking knocks it out of the park. Some people have criticized, uh, what's her name? Oh, God, this is really bad. It's like your mom trying to recap uh, a movie. Not to shit on moms, because that's very hack. Um, moms are great. And I apologize. Lily James's character, who's unnamed, uh, both in the, the book and in the original movie and in this Remake that's not a remake. The film creators were very uh, careful in saying this is not a frame-by-frame retelling of Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca because that would have been suicidal. Um, So Lily James's character, some people have criticized her costumes in it. I disagree. I think all of the costumes are great. It's one of the only good things about this movie. So I I just wanted to shout out uh, Julian Day because... That army hammer suit. Oh, he's smoking hot in that first scene. So <laughs> I will say, though, uh, army hammer, how to say this? I feel like he is only as good as the people he surrounds himself with. Sorry. And he's he's unfortunately not surrounded by a very good cast other than don't come for me and Dowd and Kristen Scott Thomas, who are both in this and are goddesses and are wonderful unfortunately lily james i i don't get it i don't get it you guys um not a very strong actress not very charismatic on screen a very pretty young woman unfortunately they don't have great chemistry and it's very boring to watch them on screen together and um he he doesn't have a strong supporting cast around him enough to help him i'll say that so his performance feels very lost and aimless and I don't get it. I don't get why he was cast. Um, He's a little too young to play the part as well. I don't understand anything that's happening in this movie. It's crazy. And, you know, I was like texting uh, Meredith during it and I started out thinking, oh, maybe it'll be okay. The costumes are really cool. The set design is amazing. Um, This might be okay. 
Ann Dowd is doing the most. Okay. I'm along for the ride. And then it just goes completely off the rails. I truly don't get it. Um, Like, I understand the plot. And I should say, too, and this is very bad of me, I never saw the original Rebecca. I know, I know, I know. Please don't come for me. I love Alfred Hitchcock. It's just not one of his films that I ever saw. Um, But I have heard from other people that Ben Wheatley, who directed the 2020 Rebecca, is a very odd choice to direct a movie like Rebecca. And I feel like he... (laughs) didn't really get what this movie is supposed to be about. Um, and he sort of just made it like into like a caddy sort of, you'll never replace the wife narrative, which I've heard is a very surface level reading of the book. The book is more about like deeper anxieties about purpose and one's role in society and it's not about like that dead bitch keeps outshining me but that's truly what the movie is and it's very boring not worth it would anti-rec absolutely so uh that's an anti-rec for rebecca but good news unsolved mysteries season two is out baby have you watched it have you enjoyed it Have you seen the episode about the woman in the hotel room? And that's all I'm going to say about that because I don't want to spoil it for you. It's my favorite episode of season two. If you've watched it and you have thoughts, theories, anything like that, tweet me at Allison Kilkenny or hashtag LightTreasonPod. I will see your little tweet. We will discuss your tweet. I find that story fascinating and exactly, exactly what an Unsolved Mysteries episode should be. I don't know how I feel about the season as a whole. Some of the episodes that were recommended the strongest by TV slash film podcasts I listened to, honestly, I I was a little bummed out. I don't like when they get too sad. And I know, again, that that sounds like a, and maybe it is a dumb comment, but like everyone's like, oh my God, you got to see the tsunami episode. The tsunami episode's so good. And I watched and I was like, Guys, this is just very sad about an international natural disaster. I I just found it sad. I didn't find it spooky. And maybe it's, you know what it is? I think it's that I don't believe in ghosts enough to enjoy it. Because whenever they were like, was that the ghost of a tsunami victim? I'm just like, no, because that person died in a really horrific way. And people are creating narratives to try to cope with trauma. Was that your question? It's not a ghost. That's sort of where my brain goes to immediately. Um, So it's hard for me to enjoy stuff like that. Um, But like a good mystery, like just a straight up what the fuck happened. The lady in the hotel room. Watch it. Watch it. What the fuck happened? What the fuck happened? So also in Spooky Rex. Bad Hair by Justin Simeon of Dear White People fame is now on Hulu, and it is great. And there are a lot of amazing cameos in it. I'm not going to spoil them for you because literally I was sitting there going, oh, my God, it's blank. Oh, my God, it's blank. Oh, my God, it's blank. Over and over and over again. It's so fun. Uh, I don't think it's very scary, but it is fun. But also, I will say I have a high threshold for the spookiness. 
So if you have a lower threshold, you might find it legitimately scary. I did not. I just thought it was fun and good and very darkly funny. And uh, obviously great social satire about uh, quote unquote bad hair uh, and quote unquote good hair. There's no such thing, you guys. Spoiler alert. There's no bad hair. There's no good hair. There's just hair. Um, so, but like racism, you know, you've heard of it, right? Racism. It's a lot to do with, uh, the, the racial politics of black hair in the workplace. And it's great. It's smart. Everything you want a movie to be, go check it out. Um, and then I just wrote in all caps locks, mama got shutter. That's right. Everybody mark the date. It's Halloween, October 31st, 2020. I have a shutter account. So there's going to be a lot of horror recommendations on the show because it's one of my favorite genres. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to save some of these. So that's just a tease because I've already gone long in the recommendation section. And I know it's Halloween. Okay, because it's Halloween, I'm going to do one recommendation to celebrate the fact that I got a shutter account, but then I'm going to save the rest because guess what? Spooky season is all year long, but it's certainly in November as well. So some of these I'm going to save for next week. Um, but in the spirit of Halloween and in celebration of me getting a shutter account, and I think this was the first thing I watched on shutter as well. Uh, I watched Mandy and it is life-changing and that's not me overselling it. It is dark and wild and so funny. I just wrote, this is maybe the most metal thing I've ever seen? Question mark. Allison, you didn't need that question mark. This is the most metal thing I've ever seen. Um, Panos Cosmatos. I apologize. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. The director is out of his fucking gourd. Nicolas Cage gives a insane performance and I was hypnotized every second watching this film mesmerized that's why we have that word to describe what it's like watching Mandy check it out it is visually stunning stunning I had the same reaction watching Mandy that I had watching Mad Max Fury Road there were moments where I was like, is this a damn oil painting? What am I looking at right now? This is gorgeous. Love Mandy. Highly recommended. 10 out of 10. Can't recommend enthusiastically enough. Check it out. If you like spooky, if you don't like spooky, do you just like theater? Do you like film? Mandy. Okay, guys, on that note, it's that time of the show. I'm so sorry. Let's all hold hands and cry. <gasps> Here's your bad news. Well, it was inevitable, but it doesn't make it any less shitty. Amy Coney Barrett has been sworn in to fill the seat left by Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the Supreme Court. Horrific. We have a, a full-ass Martha as a Supreme Court justice. 
she's a nightmare. It's very bad. I can't undersell enough how bad it is or oversell it. Excuse me. I can't oversell enough how bad it is. I know it's been covered extensively by the media and I still don't feel like it's been emphasized enough how fucking disastrous this is uh, for everybody because unfortunately now the Supreme Court is extremely conservative and will be the, for the rest of my life. And that's a little overwhelming to think about. Um, some might say emotionally devastating. So, of course, the way we cope with that, at least the way I cope with things, is to try to be funny about it. And I know that's not always totally appropriate, like, say, in the case of this story, but it is nonetheless how I preserve my sanity. So if it ever seems like I'm making light of something like this, just know I am inside screaming and I'm never going to stop screaming. Um, but yeah, obviously this whole confirmation process was a total sham from the beginning. It was inevitable that she was going to be approved. Um, I want us to always remember the moment where Diane Feinstein fucking hugged Lindsey Graham in celebration of, of, I guess, um, stripping, uh, people of their reproductive rights and destroying marriages and ripping apart families. I guess we're happy about that. Yay, we did it. I'm Diane Feinstein. I'm a Democrat. Um, yeah, I but beyond that, guys, I don't have much to say other than the Supreme Court is already considering hearing a case that could bring down Roe v. Wade. Because why waste any time when that's your fucking wet dream, right? The conservatives have been dreaming about destroying Roe v. Wade since it became Roe v. Wade. So the court has announced plans to consider hearing a case on Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban, also known as the Gestational Age Act. Lower courts had previously declared the ban unconstitutional under the precedent of Roe v. Wade, but the Mississippi Attorney General filed the case with the Supreme Court this summer. And the court will decide whether to hear this case. Well, actually, they were supposed to decide on Friday. I can't find any news article that they decided if they're going to hear it. So they might have delayed that decision. But, um, yeah, it, it, if this feels like it's happening really fast, it is happening really fast. Just like this whole process happened really fast. I mean, guys, I remember when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, I had people texting me saying there's no way they'll have enough time to fill the seat. And I said they absolutely will fill it. They will do this at breakneck speed. They will shatter records. They will do it faster than any other confirmation in history. But you can be damn sure, unlike the Democrats, the Republicans will get a conservative on the Supreme Court, yet another conservative on the Supreme Court. And they did because they do that shit. Our side doesn't do that shit for some fucking reason, but they got it done. And now they have a life appointment of a highly conservative justice who could throw out health care for millions of people, who could ban people from the country, who has enormous power and is super young and has so much time to do so much damage.
Yay. We're in the bad news section. I'm allowed to have this tone in my voice. So also in bad news, I wanted to talk a little bit about this administration's handling of COVID and its mocking of the now hundreds of thousands of people who have died in this country and also total ineptitude and lack of determination in trying to stop it in any way. So let's start with Don Jr., the president's eldest son, saying that COVID-19 deaths are, quote unquote, at almost nothing on the same day that the virus killed more than a thousand people. Which isn't almost nothing. That kind of sounds like a lot of people. More than a thousand Americans dying? That seems bad. But he was on Laura Ingram's show, yucking it up with her, laughing about Corona. And then he said that the deaths have dropped to almost nothing. And I believe at this moment, let me uh, run over to and shout out to uh, the John Hopkins University website, which always has the latest statistics about how many deaths and infections there have been all over the world, not just in the United States, but they're a great resource that I rely on very heavily. So currently in the United States, we're at 230,000 people have died. That we know of. Um, obviously those numbers are always underreported. So at least 230,000 people have died. I don't know. I don't think that's almost nothing. You have Dr. Anthony Fauci saying we could easily hit half a million people dead after a second wave in the winter. That doesn't sound like almost nothing. That sounds like you killed 500,000 people, ultimately, by the end of this administration, maybe. So. Oh, and guys, I should say, too, I hope you voted. I know if you listen to this show, you almost certainly vote, I hope. Election Day is November 3rd, and not to sound like your aunt on Facebook, it is now too late to mail in your ballot. You have to go drop it off in person if you're going to fill out an absentee ballot. Do that, obviously. Don't not vote just because it's too late to mail it in, but it is too late to mail it in. And that's just my little PSA. Uh, it's now physically impossible for your mailed ballot to get there in time, so you have to go drop it off. Just FYI. Um, and let me know how voting was for you. Hashtag light treason pod. I voted by mail a long time ago. I did it ridiculously early because, you know, my anxiety. <laughs> I put two stamps on that bitch. I was like, get it there. But I did it. It's done. All right. Back to COVID news. I also wanted to discuss um, Mark Meadows' comments. Mark Meadows, in case you don't know this sack of shit, is uh, Trump's chief of staff. He a bad man. Uh, and he appeared on Jake Tapper's show on CNN. And just, I have to say, in a very candid moment, just straight 
said it out loud in the human uh, language known as English with his words, said, we are not going to control the pandemic. We are going to control the fact that we get vaccines, therapeutics, and other mitigation areas. So he just said, we're not going to control the pandemic anymore, which is sort of doubling down on what Trump has always said, which is herd immunity. Let me just break down the concept of herd immunity for everybody. What herd immunity means is, I mean, the way the conservatives think it's defined is if enough people get it, humans will naturally become immune to it. But what herd immunity actually means is everybody gets it and a whole lot of people die. And the people who are left over, in theory, will develop an immunity to it. We don't know how many people will survive. And if this sounds like low-key eugenics to you, it's because it is. What they're saying is if it kills you, you're genetically inferior. So we will be a stronger herd at the end of this because the weak will be dead. And by the way, the weak mean like cancer patients if you have like a lowered immunity because you're sick. Elderly people who vote conservative. So they're, that's what they mean when they say herd immunity. A lot of people dying. More than 500,000. Like try a million plus. That's the world that Mark Meadows is envisioning when he says something like, we're not going to control the pandemic. We're going to let it rage like wildfire. And then eventually, like most optimistic estimates are second half of next year, we get a vaccine. And then we have to convince everybody to take the vaccine, which let me tell you in the United States is not going to be easy because we already have a ton of anti-vaxxers who don't trust vaccines. So then you got to get people to take the vaccine. Then the vaccines have to kick in. So like, these are the most optimistic estimates, right? We have to wait until that moment, and then maybe the tide will turn and things will start to get better. But until then, quote unquote, we are not going to control the pandemic. Why the fuck are you in charge then? Why do we have a government if not for this moment when we need huge organized governmental action to stop a catastrophe that has happened, we're not going to do anything. And this is what happens when you elect conservatives. Because why would you want people in office whose whole mission is to shrink government to the size that they actually can't respond to a nationwide emergency when one happens. That was the conservative dream. They have done it. We are now living in the conservative dream. This is what it looks like. Look around you. This is what their utopia is. So if you don't like it, stop fucking electing them. And I know I don't have to tell you guys this. I know that you know this. That's why you listen to this show. Preaching to the choir. But, you know, sometimes mama's just got to vent. And I'm venting. So thanks for letting me vent. Hey, remember when literally everyone around Mike Pence got COVID? What is it, up to like five people now in his little inner circle? All have COVID? He does not have COVID. Does no one find that weird? I don't know. 
I think he might be the devil. I'm just going to float it out there, okay? I'm just going to start speaking their language on their terms. He might be the devil. And he's refusing to quarantine, which is like the best thing about it. Where he's like, yeah, yeah, literally everybody I'm around keeps getting it. I'm going out there. Let me get in there with the people. He almost went to the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett and Democrats were like, can you not? Because literally everybody that you're around gets COVID. He was like, fine. He didn't. But he really wanted to be there because that's his girl. He's like, I want to see the woman that's going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Let me get in there. And everybody was like, Mike, can you stay away? Everybody around you gets infected. He's like, let me get in there. They're just (sighs) the fucking worst. And I can't emphasize this enough. I don't know what's going to happen on election day. I don't feel confident about anything. I don't care what poll says what. I am incapable of feeling joy or optimism at all. Sorry, it's just how I'm built. But my God, I can't wait to not see these people anymore. Whenever that happens, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. So also in bad news, I did want to talk about Walter Wallace Jr. um, being murdered by police in Philadelphia. Um, So in case you haven't heard about this story... Walter Wallace Jr. was a 27-year-old black man um, who was shot early Thursday morning by police after they were called. Um, According to police, he was carrying a knife um, and they shot him, I believe, seven times. And this was captured on video and, of course, went viral. A very familiar story here in the United States. There were mass protests that broke out in Philadelphia afterwards. Um, I should mention that his family has made a public statement where they said that they don't want police officers to face murder charges. Um, So... Just uh, FYI there, Um, when asked why the family who has yet to bury Wallace would not want to pursue murder charges against the two officers, uh, their lawyer responded, here's why they were improperly trained and did not have the proper equipment by which to effectuate their job. By that, I believe the lawyer is referring to the fact that a lot of people were like, why didn't they taser Wallace? And they didn't have tasers on them. You know, I I don't want to comment on, on whatever the family feels or anything like that. I understand why they feel the way they feel. I'll just say that You know, statistically, we know this isn't a a problem of training, training hours, anything like that. It's the fact that police officers can use deadly force against people. They can also kill people with tasers. We've seen that happen where people have heart attacks and stuff. 
I'm sure statistically uh, deaths would be way lower if police officers could only carry tasers and not guns. So I don't want to comment on that aspect of it. Let's just say that it's bad. Another black man has been killed by police officers. Sadly, a very familiar story here in the United States. I also wanted to talk about this story that just like blew up on social media. I had multiple people text me this story. I was like, God damn, it really popped off on Twitter. Following these protests in Philadelphia, Walmart came out and said that they would not be selling guns and ammos in ammo in their store um, due to civil unrest and this fear of rioting. Which is interesting because that implies like there's ever a socially stable period where it's like acceptable to sell guns. It was a very revealing moment because it was like, oh, that's who Walmart's afraid of. They're afraid of angry black people. Not like the white Western Pennsylvania militia members who come in to Walmart to like restock for the coming race war. Those guys we want to sell to. But the black people seem a little mad right now, so we're going to pull these guns from our floor. So I should say the update to the story is on Friday, Walmart announced that they're returning guns and ammunition to store floors. We did it, everybody. You can buy guns and ammo at Walmart again. Phew. And they said the reason they were reversing this policy was that the quote-unquote civil unrest in several of its stores earlier this week was quote-unquote isolated. Um, so the, the incident they're talking about is uh, Walmart was among scores of stores looted amid two nights of protests that followed the fatal shooting of Wallace. So obviously... Um, yeah, pretty overt. The fear was mad black people get Walmart guns. And from a PR angle, they were probably like, well, if our guns are used in crimes, people will realize guns can be used in crimes. Yeah, savvy. Uh Uh-huh. Very much so. Bad look for Walmart. Particularly if a black person does a shooting, if a white militia member does a shooting with a Walmart gun, that's just free advertisement. So yeah, um, Walmart continues to be evil. The United States continues to to be evil, and that I think you guys. Uh oh, the plant murderer is by me. Penny, are you here to do a victory lap? Say I ate all the plants. I ate every single one of them. You have nothing green in your life. If you bring anything green into your life, I will eat it and then throw it up. Here's the thing. If she ate it and digested it, I would have been like, maybe she needed a little snack. But it's the fact that she violently threw it back up. Like, there's your fucking plant. Look at it. That's what I think of life. That felt very personal to me. Anyways, you guys, that's enough of the bad. Let's end things on a good note, shall we? Here's your good news. Guys, 
guys, I just realized once again, I have apparently forgotten to eat. Uh, I all of a sudden was like, why do I feel so loopy and weird right now? And I was I looked at the time and I was like, oh, it's 2 p.m. Get the fuck out. And did you know that you have to eat things to survive? <sighs> Since fucking when? So I'm going to do that the second I'm done with this episode. But before I do that, I'm going to power through. I am committed to you guys to the point of absurdity. So just a reminder that this show is 100% listener supported. That's why you never hear any ads. I don't try to get you to buy uh, Quip toothbrushes or um, pretty litter of any kind, which by the way, and I can say this, and this is how you know I'm a real ass bitch on this show, and I am unbought by the man, is that I tried pretty litter, and guess what guys, it's not good. It's not good, and all those podcasts you listen to that tell you it is are fucking lying to you. It doesn't work, it doesn't clump, doesn't cover up the piss smell, tracks literally everywhere, fucking sucks. I don't recommend it. Anti, anti, anti-wreck. Anti, anti, anti-wreck. So any uh, any of your little true crime podcasts that you listen to, any of your little uh, pop celebrity podcasts that are like, oh my God, I love pretty, pretty litter. It changes color based on my cat's pee mood. Like it's a damn mood ring. What, are the, what does the pea color mean? You don't fucking know. You just think you're a better cat parent for using it. And guess what? You're not. So, wow. I just dragged Pretty Litter. Um, I didn't enjoy it. If you had a good experience with it, I guess, good on you. Um, it sucks. It comes in like slick packaging. And the bags are slightly smaller, so they're lighter. Those are two good things I can say about it. But in terms of like keeping a litter box clean, it straight sucks. So that's how I feel. And I can be honest because I'm 100% listener supported by the people. Now my Quip toothbrush is the shit. Nothing bad to say about Quip at all. Love you guys. They just replaced my uh, toothbrush for free because I was under warranty. Hey guys, thanks. Love you a lot. I hope you guys are doing well. Thinking about you. So um, that's why you always get authentic product reviews on the show. Uh, if you go to lighttreason.news, you can smash that donate button to keep me independent, to keep me honest. Because <laughs> the second I get a sponsor, I will start lying to you people. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. So let's prevent that from happening, right? And then also you don't have to listen to commercials, which is nice. You can also go to patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny if you would like additional content um, to compensate you or reward you for being a supporter of mine. There are bonus episodes up over there. All types of goodies. Uh, it's a good time. That's also where you can like send me questions and recommendations and stuff like that. So thank you to everyone over at my Patreon who's been supporting me for so long. I really appreciate it, especially these days, you guys, for obvious reasons. But <laughs> if you've been a listener of mine for a long time, you also know your girl went through some stuff and the support really got me through it. And I don't know. I just really love you guys. Is that corny? Am I being a corny bitch right now? 
I'm sorry. Let's get to good news, guys. Um, I just want to say, if you were one of the people who went to go see Trump at his rally in Omaha, Nebraska, and you were there as everything devolved into chaos, and it got very cold, almost like the Lord was punishing you, and you were stranded because there weren't enough buses, and um, some of you were rushed to the hospital. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart that you 100% fucking deserved it. And I laughed and I laughed when I heard and I saw it happening in real time. And it was clear that there weren't enough buses and that he had already left on Air Force One because, again, he doesn't give a shit about you. And you were all there without masks during a pandemic. I laughed. And it felt really good for me. So thank you to all the people who went to the Omaha rally and fucked yourself which is an actual representation of what happens when poor people vote for conservatives. So thanks. That was really fun and like a rewarding thing for me personally. I thought it was so funny. You 100% deserve it. I'm putting it in the good news section because when bad things happen to bad people, it is the universe correcting itself. So ha ha, ha 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 ha, you deserve it. I also want to say, in the spirit of bad things happening to bad people, I think it is deeply funny, but also legally correct, that the Justice Department's attempt to block a defamation lawsuit against Trump from E. Jean Carroll, who is the magazine columnist who has alleged that he raped her, has been thrown out by a federal judge. Ha ha, ha 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 ha. If the ruling had gone the other way and the department had managed to substitute itself as the defendant instead of Trump personally, it would likely have abruptly ended the lawsuit as the federal government can't be sued for defamation. That's the whole reason they were trying to do that. They were trying to put up a firewall around Trump so he can't be held legally responsible for raping a woman. However... Because of this judge's decision, uh, it means the lawsuit can go ahead. Now, do I think Trump will ever spend a day in court? Or I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I guess both. Court or jail. No, I don't. I'm not that much of an optimist. But for the sake of Eugene Carroll, for the sake of rape victims everywhere, for the sake of other women Trump has raped because he's a serial rapist, I'm glad that this is moving forward. Any day he can be inconvenienced is a victory. So I applaud E. Jean Carroll. I applaud her bravery. I applaud this, this judge who's not allowing the Justice Department to use itself as a shield for a rapist president. This was the correct decision. I'm counting it as good news. Boom, it's in the good news section. How do you like that? That's my reasoning. That's my logic. So... I also put this next story in the good news section uh, because I'm counting it as good news just because I, I'm mildly encouraged by how the media responded to this story and how people at large responded to it because I feel like maybe we're turning a corner in terms of 
media literacy, but also parsing conspiracy theories. So it appears as though right now that the Trump administration has really decided to back off the Hunter Biden story. And I do think that's a a late in the game political calculation because of the election where they were like, is it gaining traction? No, fuck it. Let's scrap it and come at this from a different angle. But I was really encouraged by how it didn't gain traction because this is 100% the type of story that would have blown up in, mm, I don't know, 2016. If I had to pick a random year, 100% would have blown up, would have been the October surprise. Now, was it not the October surprise because we're in the middle of a full-ass pandemic? Yeah, 100%. If this had happened in a slow news cycle, who the fuck knows? But I was encouraged by the fact that the media was appeared to be, and when I say media, I always mean mainstream media, appeared to be a little more savvy. This time they were like, wait, where the fuck was this story broken? The New York Post. Wait, who's the source on this? Rudy Giuliani. And the owner of this pawn shop won't say who brought in the hard drive. What the fuck is this? There seemed to be way more hesitancy to just accept it at face value. I think that's a good sign. Maybe that people are being a little more cautious about just accepting this type of propaganda. Uh, so I'm putting in the good news section. It just felt like a moment of sanity in the media where people were like, can we just slow this down? I know we're a 24-hour news cycle, but slow it the fuck down and ask some good questions about the quality of this reporting. A plus plus, good on. A lot of people showed a lot of good instincts. I think it's in the good news section for that reason. So, and then finally, you guys, and this is legitimately good news. Uh, more people have now voted early in Texas than in all of 2016, and Texas obviously is not the only state shattering voting records. Tons of people have voted early. Uh, It's a great sign, obviously, for Democrats, but just as a whole, a lot of young people have voted um, way more than in other elections, and I'm going to count that as good news. Obviously, I know they're not all liberal votes, as I would like them to be, but uh, I just think in general, it's better for democracy, right, when more people vote. So I'm putting in the good news section. Um, obviously election day should be a national holiday where everybody gets a paid day off from work. So those numbers could be even higher. It's absolutely a crime that it's so difficult to vote in the United States. We should have automatic registration. It should be a national holiday. People should absolutely never, never, never have to wait eight hours in line to vote. That's a crime. That should be a crime. People should not be disenfranchised, knocked off voter rolls for being poor and black. That's a crime, should be a crime. Um, And I don't think we talk enough about how parts of the Voting Rights Act were thrown out, you know? Um, That also was a, a national disgrace in 2013. Um, when the Supreme Court did that and wasn't a big enough deal at the time 
still not emphasized enough that that happened in 2013. But great news about Texas. Even even the fact that people are like, could Texas go blue? I never thought would happen in my lifetime. Never. So I'm encouraged by that. I hope you're encouraged by that. Not saying it will happen, obviously, probably not. But the fact that that's even in the ether right now is just absolutely wild. Guys, I hope you voted. And if you haven't voted, I hope you intend to vote. If you have an absentee ballot, you got to drop it off in person. I don't know what's going to happen, okay? This is me virtually holding your hand right now. I don't know what's going to happen on Tuesday. But we're going to get through it. It's going to be okay. It's going to be hard (laughs) regardless. Because let me tell you, I've had to talk down some boomers who were like, we just got to get past Election Day. And I'm like, even if Biden wins, this country's on a scary trajectory. I, and I'm going to be honest with you. This is Auntie Allison just speaking from her heart, okay? I don't know if we can pull out of this nosedive, but I believe in people. I believe in you guys. I believe in myself, and I know we'll be okay. Will it be easy? No. Because now there are very strong forces of fascism at play in this country that aren't just going to magically disappear overnight, okay? We have a very profound divide in this country. I genuinely don't know if we can overcome it. But I believe in our side. I believe we will win. It's going to be hard. And I I never want to sugarcoat that. And I never want to say that an election can magically fix anything. It can't. It it physically cannot. But I've been in the game a minute, okay? And I've met enough people to know that we've got some good people on our side. Really strong, smart, capable people will be okay. But you got to find your people and you got to do the work, okay? And it's not just voting once. And it's not just voting. And it's it's certainly not just voting in a national election. And I know, again, if ever there was a highly motivated audience that didn't need to hear this, it's you guys. But I just wanted to say it. And I just wanted you guys to know that, like, if you have a lot of anxiety and a lot of feelings, I'm there with you and it will be okay. All right. This is me virtually holding your hand, as I said. So I'm thinking of you. Hashtag light trees and pod. I'm always here. We can always talk. Okay. Um, and you're not alone. You're never alone. Okay. You have found the tribe. All right. All right. Well, I love you guys. Thank you so much for the support as always. Tuesday's going to be a day. It's going to be a day. All right. Um, yeah, I, I love you. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say beyond that. Guys, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And while you're at it, stay inside and cause a little trouble and vote and wear a mask. Okay. Bye.